0: Have a rollicking good time. All right, so oh. we are recording. <laughs> Why do <laughs> you <welcome>? keep recording that <laughs> I haven't realized? That's
1: true. I guess I, I haven't been counting down if it's just kind of springing it on you lately. But hello, everybody. We are the Spooky Town podcast, and we are very excited to be here. Um, I am Ashley, your co-host and with me is my gorgeous <laughs> awesome sister and her name is Stephanie hi stephanie
0: hey ashley what's up nothing what's stephanie, up Stephanie? you it's
1: episode
0: 10 it is we're finally out of the single digits
1: we are we're a, we're a fish now they said we couldn't make it they said <laughs> ashley and stephanie there's no Frickin' way that you're gonna make it to ten episodes, and we said, "Shut your fucking mouth." <laughs> they
0: did say that. I don't know who, but they they said it. They wanted to keep us down.
1: They did. They really did. They said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, you stay in your single single digits," and we're like, "Nope, we're not going to. We're gonna bust through." And here we are with episode ten, and so then exciting. we're gonna
0: stop forever.
1: <laughs> and this is it. That's <laughs> it. Goodbye. This is the end of the like- pod. I feel like we threaten that every every episode. We always threaten that this is going to be the last time we ever talk to everybody. Um, well, and I tell you what, our twenty subscribers on um, Spotify would be very upset if that were the case. So we. You should like not
0: calling out how many subscribers we have on Spotify? Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like it's this big joke. <laughs> it's how I measure my
1: worth. Um, oh yeah, that's true. It's not a big deal. But it is how I measure all of my self-worth. The little that I have left, you know.
0: Yeah. We if you guys haven't seen our playthrough of the horror video game Devour, um we we have that on YouTube. And Ashley posted like a preview of it on TikTok. <laughs> and she said someone thinks that are like the people think that you're funny. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, yes. Yeah. And I opened the app and I'm like, yes. I yes. have been validated by mm-hmm. the children of TikTok. The children have
1: validated us, which is really all that we want. Like, we just want to be as cool.
0: a full grown adult. I need to be validated by children. I think. No, I'm not going to say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I have we'll regrets.
1: Edit, we'll edit that out and post. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no. And somebody even went so far as to say, um, they said that this is the, I think their comment was, this is the shit I want. And I was like, it's good shit. It's a good game. Like, it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun to play with your friends. And then he responded and he said, I really love your guys' energy or your banter or something. And I was like, that is so nice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, people liked it. They were into that. Um, and oh, speaking of Instagram, I have to it, call it, somebody
0: out. We were not talking about Instagram.
1: Oh, no, you're right. We weren't. We were talking about TikTok, but I'm old and I don't know how TikTok works.
0: No, I'm kidding. I know the difference between TikTok and Instagram. But I let know, me, I know how TikTok works better than I know how Instagram works because I was not on Instagram. For like a really long time and i barely mm-hmm. am now and then all of a sudden everything changed and i'm like i don't know how to do anything <laughs> it it's took me like- a really long time to figure out where that super zoom like video function oh, is. oh yeah and i still have to remind myself i'm like i it's- just want to make funny videos zooming in on my cat licking her ass it's hard <laughs> I just want the big like X thing
1: to just like the big x oh, like thing that indicates the rejected that yeah <laughs> the rejected thing, I just want that to go on my cat's face to indicate that they did something bad, and I'm no longer um tolerating them, so I have to give someone a shout out on Instagram because I said I would um I posted a help us get to six 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 Instagram post. Um, and by that, I mean, help us get to 666 followers on Instagram. And I said, like, you know, uh, if you help us, like, whoever tags the most people under this post. And, like, if you know of anyone that likes spooky stuff and people who know a moderate to severely moderate amount about uh, <laughs> horror movies, please tag them. Um, whoever tags, like, the most people will give you a shout out in our, on our next episode so uh one person participated um hell yeah and <laughs> and we did we did get a follow out of it um so for for the curious fans we are currently not at 666 we only got one follower out of that so we're at 625 Worth
0: um,
1: it. but i want to give a big super special shout out to christina christina yeah, thank Christi- you you're awesome, and you're amazing, and um, I love that you like spooky stuff. Um, I am creepily on your profile right now, and you look super <laughs> cool. You like Funko. That's awesome. Hello. So cool. Um, and you just seem like a cool person, you know? Like, you seem like you know what's going on. You tag not one but two friends. That's fantastic. Thank you, Christina. Christina, you're just the best. You're
0: you're our favorite christina we love you
1: we really do and i don't feel weird saying that i haven't seen your instagram um but just hearing about it yeah hell yeah yeah i don't feel weird saying that i love you i'll come right out and say it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not a weird thing to say to a stranger
1: <laughs> no. absolutely not and christina i told you the shout out was going to be good did i not i said the shout out will be awesome and you were the only one that participated so thank you
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you christina Christina's our favorite resident of spooky town
1: she really is to tbh there's no one quite like christina so thank you for that um all right get out of here christina we're done with you just kidding <laughs> get, just get the kidding fuck out. <laughs> just kidding we still love you um And uh, that was our big, super special shout out. Thank you uh, to all that participated. Even though the only person that participated was Christina, Um, and yeah, the rest of you are all dead to us us. (laughs) except
0: Christina. (laughs) So
1: Uh, the rest I love alienating our audience. Long drive (laughs) off a short cliff. No, I don't know what the saying is. Um,
0: Sounds like something that Dad would say
1: it i think i was thinking of dad when i said it because i think that that's always what he would say like he thought that was hilarious it was that and
0: <laughs> it, don't let the door hit you on the way out well that and he promised that when we turned 18 he would burn our bed and break our plate <laughs> indicating that we had one plate
1: that was designated to us my dad well, it's, said yeah
0: it's symbolic <laughs> I would just constantly say that and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna burn your bed and break your plate. Yeah. Oh, Our dad was a real
1: joke is a real jokester. Our dad is, is still around. Um but he was a real jokester and he used to say that um like I I don't remember a time that he didn't say this, when I would bring home School pictures. He would tell me that he was. He would take them and be like, "Oh wow, <laughs> I'm gonna go put this in the crawl space.
0: Throw <laughs> away the rats <rest." laughs> So, I wonder where our loaves. <laughs> <goes. laughs>
1: oh, thanks, God. Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're the best oh god what was that awful he's gone he's going right right in the home (laughs) (laughs) i'm not putting up with his bullshit once as soon as he needs our help nope we're gonna (laughs) abandon
0: him (laughs) so this is revenge that was the last thing i'm 30 years in the
1: making (laughs) The last thing I'm whispering to him is, "Nice picture."
0: <laughs> I'm gonna put this I, I in think, my basement. You're gonna put it in your basement to scare away the rats. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say reading, writing, arithmetic. <laughs> oh Jesus! Christ. Something, something. The sound of all hickory of the of the hickory stick.
1: So my dad had this. My dad, like I guess, went to catholic school or there was like nuns or something um i don't i don't know i, think I don't he know just my went to life. public
0: school he just grew <clears throat> up catholic
1: i yeah i think it was like um maybe uh, they, it was sunday school or something but he used to yeah. he used to have nuns like in his life where um, he, cause he told us a couple times that <laughs> mm-hmm. they would smack the back of his hands um, yeah. with, with hickory sticks, which is where that saying comes from. And he always used to tell us, like on our first day of, of school or in the morning when he was trying to get our asses out of bed, he'd be like, reading and writing and rip- batik, all of the sounds of a hickory stick. And I never knew what that meant until my I think my mom was like, that's a really violent thing.
0: Yeah, It's about to do Bob. children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Bob maybe don't (laughs) um but he sure did tell it to us every every single like first day of school that ashley and i had
1: (laughs) everyone like go away (laughs) we were over it i think at the age of like four we were done and that was our (laughs) and he did it every single first day of school from that point until i actually even think in college i think i remember Probably. getting a voicemail from him yes. no i do i got a voicemail from him on my first day of like undergraduate um and it was that it was him singing that god-awful song <laughs> and <laughs> this is just turning into a shit
0: talking our dad <laughs> <laughs> we love
1: you i don't think he listens
0: to this but i've told Um, him to and he's like oh send me the link and i do and then he doesn't listen to
1: it oh i don't know how it works i can't click it yeah he just doesn't want to listen well now we're just roasting our dad i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) sorry dad love you um all right that's enough tomfoolery i think for now um now let's get into into business let's get into the business portion of our episode let's get um, into business ashley let's get into business let's, let's go into business together a business <laughs> let's go to the bank present our proposal get a small business loan say give me a business give me a, i Thank i am you. a business give it to me and then <laughs> we walk out with our loan And then we have a business. And then we could start episode 10, which is about
0: Lake Mungo. Yes. The The Australian Australian horror movie from 2008.
1: Yes. Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) I guess I should have opened with that. But we're going to be talking about Lake Mungo, um, which has been a favorite of ours for a while. Um, Really, really good movie. Uh, But first, of course, we're going to talk... First, of course, we're going to talk first is what I was just going to say about what we watched this week. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, before we do that, Stephanie, I actually wanted to do a little game with you that I was just going to surprise not tell you about, but it's just, it's a would you rather game, Um, but it's a horror one. Um, And I'm going to, I'm going to try to remember what the would you rather questions were that I had written down because I did not write them down here, but um where did you write them down well i had them in like our in our stories on instagram a few weeks back and i was like i should ask stephanie those questions on one of our episodes because that would be funny um so this was the first one i do remember um i do remember a few of them so one was would you rather go camping in the woods from the blair witch or the woods from the evil dead blair witch Blair Witch. That was the, that's what everyone yeah. said too. They were like hundred percent. Yeah, Blair I don't want evil
0: woods. The only thing wrong with the Blair Witch woods is the Blair Witch, right? Right. Um, who who would
1: you rather be haunted by? That was that was the other one. Um, Samara. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Samara, Samara from the Ring, or. Hold on. Let me remember. Um, or the woman from The Grudge. What was her name in the movie? Ayako. Yes, thank you.
0: Samara. She's not as scary. I yeah. feel like I could punch Samara in the face.
1: Yeah, you know, I I was surprised by that, but everyone agreed with, or not every, but like the majority agreed with that. I yeah. I would assume, Kyoko because I feel like she's confined more to a house. She's absolutely not,
0: <laughs> oh. as per well, the Grudge Two and um, uh, the new one. She's definitely not. Mm. well she's not kayako isn't in the new grudge but her um you know the effect that she has goes well beyond the house mm. so. okay all right well i
1: guess that makes more sense then in my head i was like well i feel like she's a little bit more confined to the house and samara is just like i will get your ass no matter where you are yep.
0: okay <clears throat> but consider this yeah Samara can only come through electronics, right? That's, yeah, that's true. You, you could just move to the middle of the woods. Easy. And if true. she still comes knocking on my door, I just fucking take a shovel to her head. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Like, she's not really scary looking. She's just a little girl and she has hair in front of her face and it's like, ooh, spooky. Yeah. Yeah, not really. Fucking yeah. come at me, Samara. <laughs>
1: okay. I think I've been swayed because I was I was kind of more on the um on the other side of the fence. So, but that makes sense. Okay, so the next one I think I already know the answer answer because mm. obviously. Um where would you rather uh spend I think it was like spend a season or whatever. Um Camp Crystal Lake. In the summer, or the Overlook Hotel in the winter.
0: Uh, Camp Crystal Lake because easy oh. as shit to get away from the horror. <laughs> I don't want to spend. True. I don't want to spend a season in the Overlook. That shit's actually haunted. <laughs> That's true, and there's
1: nowhere you can escape to. You kind of just have to stay inside this super yeah. haunted hotel,
0: and the whole hotel is haunted and evil, and you can't leave. Mm. Like. So, yeah, Camp Crystal Lake, I could just, I mean, okay, the rules of the game are, if if the rules of the game are I can't leave, then I still feel like it would be easy to. Yeah,
1: you you have
0: to spend the entire season there. Yeah, Camp Crystal Lake. I haven't even seen Friday the 13th and absolutely that. I feel like you could make some hilarious booby traps. And kind of just turn the whole thing into a, a comedy of errors. <laughs> to home alone. For the Vohees is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Voorhees is.
1: A little home alone woods action where it's just like exactly. um, an iron comes out of a tree and he's like, Doo! and then it like the bump <laughs> grows on his head like it does in cartoons. And he's got Tweety Birds going around it. Um. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I thought you were gonna be like overlook a hundred percent. I think it's just because I, I my my one of my goals in life is to stay at that hotel. So, um, like the one that's why
0: in the Stanley Hotel, the Stanley Hotel
1: in Colorado.
0: Yeah, you can also stay at the hotel in uh, Yosemite because it there's like. I don't know about the rooms, but, like, the lobby area is, like, the lobby in The Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. Well, we'll have to do it um, for science, for the pod, you know? Yes. I mean, you and I have been just talking about going to that hotel for, like, years anyways. But we almost did one year. They used to have um, film festivals or a film festival there. Um, in remember, Colorado, yeah, at the, um, at the Stanley hotel. And, oh, okay. um, I remember, I, I think I was living in Scotland at the time and they had sent you like a link to it and I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, but it yeah. was super expensive. So, yeah. Um, but now that we're loaded, um, <laughs> we can do it. Uh, so, uh, okay. The last one, and then we'll get into our movies. Very last question for you mm-hmm. is. Um what would you rather what would you rather clean up? No. Um <laughs> Reagan's puke from The Exorcist or
0: the Bathroom from It? Chapter One. Oh, the bathroom from it. Mm-hmm. Blood doesn't bother me. Like vomit is disgusting. I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Agreed. Blood is whatever. It's fine. It's a big cleanup job. It's a, certainly a lot more than I. It's think a bigger the, job, yeah, than the vomit. But it doesn't smell like anything, yeah. and it doesn't bother me. So whatever,
1: yeah, agreed. All right, that was it. That was my would you rather game that I wanted to spring on you.
0: Nice, <laughs> no warning. <laughs> All
1: right, Steph, what did you watch this week?
0: <laughs> All right, so obviously I watched Lake Mungo, mm-hmm. uh but then I also watched. Uh, it chapter 2 uh things heard and seen which is the, like a new netflix original it's sh- oh yeah it's pretty good it was based yeah. on a book um it was better than i thought it would be cuz it had kind of like a star-studded cast which generally means it's going to be bad um but it was okay it was yeah bad. uh train to busan uh mayhem Head count because it was a day that ended in Y. The visit, such abattoir. a good movie. <laughs> I love head count. Head count is so good. Uh, abattoir, fourteen oh eight. Haunt. We summon the darkness, and then last night we watched Relic. Mm. Classic.
1: It's a good tee up for Mother's Day too.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I I forgot today was Mother's Day. <laughs> viewers okay or viewers listeners so that was good
1: today is mother's day and we were just chatting before this before we hit record about um aliens and the uh the movie aliens not just generally aliens but we were also talking um, about aliens we were and how classic how classic of a i can't speak um they can't catch us all. It's a good Mother's Day <laughs> film for the masses. Um, so I, that's a great lineup. I have not seen, I don't think I've seen We Summon the Darkness or Things Heard and Seen. Um, or Mayhem. Yeah. You haven't seen to, Mayhem? No, I don't think I've seen
0: that. that Unless I'm just f- blanking out. That was one of the first like Shutter originals I ever watched. Mm. need to get on it. Um it has Samara Weaving who love, absolutely love, and Stephen Yun who absolutely love.
1: Nice. I'll it's have to, got, I'll have to yeah, watch it.
0: It really represents how gay I am. <laughs> <laughs> I got Steven Yun,
1: who Just I am really in love with,
0: and Samara <laughs> Weaving, who I'm also in love with. <laughs> um Thanks, mayhem. <laughs> Uh, I also watched Lake
1: Mungo, of course, and then um, for the first time watched Pumpkinhead, which I had never seen.
0: Why did you, how did you come to that decision?
1: Oh, uh, because I had an edible.
0: Okay, that makes more sense. Um,
1: So I watched Pumpkinhead, and that was the same people, um, the special effects for that. (sighs) Why are words coming out? in not the right order. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to try this again. The same people that did the effects for Pumpkinhead also did the effects for the evil dead too. And, um, so I was, I was excited for that reason as well. Um, but it is such, it's such a movie. I'll say that, um, <laughs> whether or not it was good. <laughs> it's a, it's a cult classic. Like it's, it's like, a classic for the ages right it's peak 80s. I, oh go
0: ahead i've googled because like i don't i have like a, a small desire to watch pumpkin at some point but uh one time i just googled what Pumpkinhead looks like i'm like let me just see this shit and then i looked i'm like this actually looks kind of cool i was literally imagining like a monster with a pumpkin for a head
1: yeah no He's just called that because he's buried in the pumpkin patch. Oh, okay. And you have to summon him. um, And he basically, like, enacts revenge. So you summon him. He's like a demon. He comes out of the pumpkin patch. And he murders the people that you want him to murder. But at what price? Um, (laughs) He looks a a little goofy,
0: but I think it's kind of cool looking. Yeah.
1: No, he's... He's cool. I mean, and like I said, that's all like practical effects and some animatronics, and and then also a real person inside of Pumpkinhead for some scenes and all. It's just it's very cool. Um, the the um the acting is is hilarious, and <laughs> um <laughs> they try to portray like uh country like bumpkin quote bumpkin people as like people living in the 1800s because everyone looks like they're from the 1800s but it's just supposed to be like the south but it's set in the (laughs) 80s like everyone's got everyone smeared across their face and is like wearing potato sacks and has like (laughs) They're wearing potato socks. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like, and this one kid is like trying to have a southern accent. And he's, he's like, well, I'll show you to the pumpkin patch. Like he's trying to have like a, a southern accent. But it's like an amalgamation of like seven different accents from around the world. I don't even know what it is. It's so good. Um, it's definitely entertaining. So I watched Pumpkinhead. And then I watch Jacob's Wife. Um, which I really liked. Barbara Crampton is a, is a queen of horror and I love her. We love
0: her on the pod. Um, I love Barbara Crampton so much. She's so So good. And
1: she's super good in this movie. Um, It's very, it's just like, it's like a good, it's just like a spooky kind of take on like the struggles of a, of a long term marriage. (laughs) Is how I would describe it. But it's really good. Um, It's a vampire movie. I still haven't seen it, but I really want to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Rewatch The Void, which is just one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Um, Society, another 80s horror classic. I have another question for you. (laughs) What led you to that decision as well? (laughs) So I've actually seen Society before. I have a real
1: soft spot in my heart for eighties horror that's like really over the top, um, practical effects and just like bad acting, but in like the strange, like kind of almost kind of a David Lynch kind of a way where it's like, mm. they're trying to act bad. So it makes it stranger. And it's just like, yeah. it's really surreal. Society's kind of like that. So I just really like that movie. I'm a, I love eighties horror. So I love that movie. um, and then i watched uh 2001 a space odyssey which i don't know i guess you could argue is not really a horror movie but
0: i have another question (laughs) (laughs) what led you to that (laughs) i have many Um, questions for you yeah i uh
1: you can tell how much weed i had no i'm kidding um (laughs) No, I I read the book, and so the movie makes a lot more sense to me. So I just rewatched it. It was like, oh, I haven't seen the whole movie. I hadn't seen I the whole movie. The book. <laughs> Ooh, I read. I'm fancy. Um, I know a lot more about it. I'm Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can read. <laughs> I'm sorry that I read every a book once every two years okay (laughs) and i want to brag about it no i'm kidding um but i did read (laughs) that so i'm gonna need credit for it everyone make a really big deal about it um so yeah that was uh that's from what i can remember i feel like i watched more stuff but i just can't remember all of it so there you have it yeah that was on our spooky list this week um so that said, let's hop into the, into the fricking topic of the week, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is Lake Mungo, as we've already mentioned, keep up. Um, it is an amazing, like Stephanie said, Australian horror film directed and written by Joel Anderson. And it is fantastic. It's sort of a, if you haven't seen it, sort of a documentary style Horror film that just really kind of like blew my socks off the first time I saw it. I um, I don't know remember what year it was that I saw it, but it was a while ago. Um,
0: I didn't see it until like maybe five years ago or so. Hmm. I definitely didn't watch it at the time because it, it was one of the eight films to die for of two thousand eight. Um, and I used to well. I had like a love-hate relationship with the eight films to die for, because uh like seven out of the eight would suck. <laughs> yeah. There'd be like one that was good. Um, the only one that I think the only one that came out of it that I still remember and that I know that I like is The Abandoned. Um, but I didn't mm-hmm. watch Lake Mungo at the time. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it just didn't seem like something I would like. But I watched it, uh, like I said, I think maybe like five or so years ago. Um, And at the time that I watched it, I already thought it was really good for like the entire movie. And then the like big kicker at the end, which we'll talk about, was actually scary. And that's kind of hard to do for me nowadays because like things will be creepy, but like things don't really generally scare me like they used Mm -hmm. to anymore. Um, but Lake Mungo actually scared me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really, really stands out. And it's and wild it's- that it's part of the eight films to die for. Cause <laughs> boy, is it like in its own league?
1: <laughs> yeah. It, um, like I said, the first time I saw it, it really just kind of shook me. Um, and this, like I've rewatched it a couple times since, excuse me. And, um, this last time I watched it for this episode, you know, in preparation for the podcast, I, I've never like cried at it before, but I was crying like the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and it's, it's just like, I don't know what's going on in my life right now where it's, you know, or maybe it's just hitting me different now, um, that I'm a little bit older, but it like, it's a really, really emotionally um just really well done film that doesn't overdo doesn't like try to tell you over tell you about this you know this family and their relationship just gives you enough so you feel really connected and then um the ending and just the way that they wrap it up i just losing it just yep <laughs> I was just crying like the whole time. I felt it coming as soon as they started talking about the um, the relationship between Alice Palmer, um, who is this the uh, I I guess the star of the film is what you would call her, um, and her mother. Oof! As soon as they started talking about it, I was like, "Well, here it comes." (laughs) Start crying. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's
0: let's first talk about what it's about the general plot let's set it up Um, a little bit so lake mungo is like we've said it's australian and it's about this family the palmers um alice palmer who at the beginning of the movie is already dead because the movie takes place a few years after the events of uh, like the story, the main story, and it, it's like a faux documentary talking about what happened to Alice. So there's Alice, and then the rest of her family: June, uh, who's her mother; Matthew, her brother; Russell, who's her father. And then the other main like character is Ray, who's the psychic, like the radio psychic. Um. So it opens, like I said, a few years after Alice has died. Alice drowned in like a lake or near like a dam area um, when they were out for like a beach day. Uh, And I mean, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Alice drowns and the movie does open with Alice saying, or may not open with it, but pretty early on you hear Alice say, uh, I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened it hasn't reached me yet but it's on its way and it's getting closer so that's kind mm-hmm. of like the whole movie is alice knew that she was going to die she didn't know when and she didn't really know how but she ha- was burdened with this knowledge that she was that, that something bad was going to happen uh, mm-hmm. and that there was nothing that she could do to stop it so the yeah. rest of the movie is just the the family talking about what happened and then the specifically the events that transpired after her death, which mm-hmm. eventually turned to supernatural. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much the movie.
1: That's the, yeah, the overall synopsis and something that you kind of, you notice right away, I think is that, each family member kind of has their own way of dealing with Alice's death and this like incredible grief that they're feeling. Right. Like, um, something that immediately jumped out to me was the dad and how, um, you can tell that his way of, of coping with his daughter's death was to be maybe a little bit more detached or try to, um, you know, jump, he jumps right back into work, you know, like almost immediately after she dies, and his coworker is like, well, I don't want to judge him. But, um, you know, people deal with grief in different ways. And just even the way that he talks about it, he seems a little bit detached um, in his interviews, you know, which I thought was really well done. And it's kind of in sharp contrast to the way that um, the other two deal with it. They all kind of seem like maybe they're the family itself, you kind of get the sense that they go through a lot of things alone in their own head. And Alice was probably, you know, the same.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the main characteristics of Alice is that she was very secretive. She had like a very... There was like the Alice that people saw. Then there was the like actual Alice. And who no one knew except herself. Mm-hmm. And she just... She kept a lot of secrets. She she was never really able to fully connect with other people because of this. She just had a very rich inner life. And um that that's kind of, I think, yeah, like the same for, for all of them. But that's something that's specifically talked about between the the Palmer women is Alice, her mother, and then her mother's mother are all like very similar. They're all very secretive. And they they talk about how they've never really been able to fully give themselves over to each other, to like to their daughters, you know, or to their family or to really anyone mm-hmm. and that they get the, you know, people get the sense that there's something else going on with these, these women, but they just don't talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, and yeah. Oh, go the, ahead. The movie's just like all about secrets and secrets that are coming yeah. out and secrets that will never be known. Mm hmm. And I liked, you know, how the the structure of
1: it, because it's set up, like we said, it's it's um, set up like a documentary. So that kind of like investigative style of it kind of forces you to dig in further with these characters who are kind of secretive and pulled back. Like Stephanie said, the, the mom, um, you kind of find out about halfway through the film, through one of Alice's friends and her interviews, I believe, that um, the mother... And Alice June is the mother's name and Alice didn't have the best relationship or it was, it was a little bit strained, but they were so similar to each other that maybe that was the reason was her, um, hypothesis, but. And then you hear from the grandma, like Stephanie said, and, and she kind of echoes that sentiment that, you know, they've always had some distance. And she thinks that maybe June um, has that distance or had that distance with Alice because of the way that she um, grew up. So the investigative nature of the documentary kind of like helps you dig in a little bit deeper with those characters or else I think the audience would get like not as much, you know, out of it if that wasn't set up that way.
0: Yeah. Oh, also a fun fact is the entire movie was unscripted.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. And I, I read something about how like a couple of the actors kind of struggled with it, but you would literally never be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Like they all do such a good job. And that really helps um, it feel super natural. The movie has a very natural feel to it. All of the dialogue feels real. The family feels so real. Um and it's just the fact that we know it's a movie mm-hmm. that we know it's fake. You know, if, if it, yeah outside of the supernatural elements, if that wasn't in there, I would think it's a documentary. They just, yeah. everyone feels very real. And that was something that was so well done with this and such a smart move on their part, I think, because it yeah. just, I mean, that just adds to like what we were talking about like how real it feels And if it had been scripted, you may have missed out on that opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's no like, and building off of that, there's no real, like, you don't, there's no moment in the interviews with the family members where you get a ton of emotion. It's all pretty like held back. And the way that they're talking about, by that I mean, it it feels it kind of lends to the reality of it all because it feels like, you know, a person is being interviewed by someone they're not totally 100% comfortable with, but they're talking about something that's deeply personal and tragic.
0: Yeah, like if you're um, if you're being interviewed and you're being especially if you're being put on film, you're not you know, you like it's not to say you're devoid of emotion, but you generally aren't yeah. going to be the same kind of open and emotional that you would be if you were just talking to someone. So that, yeah, like that makes perfect sense. In a movie, you might like, of course, they would be a lot more emotional because it's a yeah. like dramatization of real life. But the fact that, yeah, they're like that where they're kind of just talking about it. And granted, it's been a couple years, so it's not like it's this raw thing. And June does cry in part of it, but it's when she's reading a journal entry from Alice. Yeah. Um, but that's really the only time she cries, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. On, yeah. yeah, like in an interview. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like that's very real. Like you you probably wouldn't really, you know, be super emotional on camera.
1: Right. There's not a whole lot of um like I said, there's not like big explosive, you know, emotional moments. It's all very kind of held back, like I like we said, like you might be if somebody was interviewing you about something that was really intense but you didn't really know the person, right? Like they're being very kind of careful with their words and just thinking about what they want to say and all of that stuff. And I think it, it builds the tension for the, for the, um, the viewer, because you can just feel what you can, you know, you can feel what they're feeling um, and you can see that it's hard for them to talk about it. And they're doing their best to kind of tell their story in a way that, you know, doesn't, I don't know, maybe expose their family to they're just trying to do their best to tell the, you know, the story of Alice and tell it in a way that's, you know, genuine. And, um, you know, because there's very sensitive stuff that happens in the film um, and happens to Alice and you come to find out that, you know, she was going through something really intense and inappropriate with the adult neighbors next door, you know, and like um, they didn't know about it. and you know, that's, that's an intense thing to happen to anybody, but especially when you're a child, like that's intense and they didn't know that. And so they're trying to kind of tell Alice's story with a level of respect. And you can feel that, I think, in the way that they talk about her. Mm -hmm. It's just really well acted. Like the actors are
0: fantastic. Yeah. They're wonderful. Um, Yeah. And the, the bulk of the movie is made up of Matthew, who again, is her brother who, like, it first starts off, like, of course, because it's a horror movie, they're showing, like, the supernatural things. So, that comes in the form of Matthew putting up cameras around the house, because he's, like, very into photography and things like that. Um, trying to capture, like, footage of, like, potentially capture footage of Alice or get photos of Alice that show that she's still hanging around.
1: Mm-hmm. And he
0: does. He gets pictures. You know, Alice is, like, always, like, standing still in the frame or, like, at. All, almost out of frame um, and just standing there, not really doing anything, not really moving. Um, just seems kind of blank. And then we eventually find out that he has staged all of those photos and that he, for like one of the reasons he's doing it is to put his mother's mind at ease. Um, mm-hmm. But then they went, they talk to June. She's like, I don't think he even really knows Like fully, why he did it because he is. That's part of how Matthew deals with it. Is he? He's holding on to her through his photos. Yes, he's doing it to help his mom, but it's also helping him. You know, because he can still Mm -hmm. see her, and it's like, I mean, that's what spirit photography is all about. Not that he's really. It's not really the same thing that he's doing, but like spirit photography. I mean, that's just us wanting a you know, our loved ones to be in the photo. Um, of course, there's also people doing it purely for the con. But that's right. what that's all about is we we <laughs> so desperately want our loved ones to be with us still. We, you know, in whatever form that may come in, whether it's like this mysterious cloud or you can actually see the details of their face. Like we want to see them. We don't want them yeah. to go. Um. So that's what what Matthew does we later find out at the end of the movie that she is actually in all of those photos. She is actually in all of that footage. She's just in a different spot and it's a way less obvious spot. And that's one of the things that kind of hits pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the, when the credits are rolling, they'll like, you know, show some credits then they will show a photo that we had looked at before. And Mm -hmm. it zooms in. Like you can see where he had like, not Photoshopped, but like, you know, Put manipulated the image and put her onto one part of the picture, and they zoom into like the edge of the the photo, and you see she's actually like sitting there. Yeah, and it's it's actually her, and it's really yeah. sad and scary. So that it, that's that's where the bulk of like the supernatural comes from. Are these photos and the footage? Yeah, yeah. No, I, Matthew
1: like I said, Matthew's, you know, every family member, they really go into in in a really well done and really, you know, just overwhelmingly sad way they dig into what everyone's different coping mechanisms are. And, you know, it's a it's a film that deals with, you know, a heavy amount of grief and sudden loss and not being able to say goodbye to the person and kind of not having that not being able to Tell them what you wanted to say, or if you had something, you know, something you wanted to open up about. Not being able to do that before the person's gone, and I love the quote from uh, Matthew when he's talking about why he did, um, why he doctored the the footage, and he was saying, you know, it's it wasn't about trying to trick people. It was just that something was better than nothing, mm-hmm. and that was so lovely. I thought, and it was just such a perfect way. A perfect way to look at, you know, how that like sudden loss of, of someone who you love just leaves such a void and he's trying to fill it by doing anything that he can to like, you know, show that maybe she's still around or that there's a way to, you know, keep talking to her. And, um, and like Stephanie said, the mom says almost right after he says that in her interview, she says, you know, I don't think that, he says it was for me, but, you know, I don't think that he, even he knows why he did it. Um, So it's kind of, you kind of get that peek behind the curtain with Matthew and just, you get to see how, you know, maybe this was his coping mechanism. Um, well, while he's trying to help his family kind of get through it, but it was just so heartbreaking. So sad. Um, The whole film, of course, is like this because it's centered around the death of a child, but, um, <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, I loved that. I loved that part with Matthew.
0: And another thing, like one of the main like threads in the movie is trying to they're trying to you know, figure out if you're being haunted by someone, it's like, well, why are you haunting us? That's like mm-hmm. a main question. You must have a purpose for being here. So the the reason, the ultimate reason that they come to which provides them closure. Is that she wanted to be known? She had these secrets when she was alive, and she wants those secrets to be out because Mm -hmm. there's no sense in hiding them anymore. And especially, even for someone who is secretive, you know, has a uh, just a completely different inner life that they just don't really share with anyone. You know, like when we're and I know this doesn't apply across the board, but generally, I think when we are nearing the end of our life. Generally, Mm -hmm. that need for secrecy kind of diminishes because it's like, well, there's not really a point like and what do we want most after we die? Um, We want to be remembered, you Mm -hmm. know, one of the most if there is life after death, that's one thing. If there is no life after death, a way that we can live on is through others memories of us. And so that's, I think, why people tend to get a bit kinder when they get really old because it's like, well, there's not really a point (laughs) to being an asshole. It's not Mm -hmm. really getting me anywhere. I think that's why people will admit things on their deathbed because it's like there's not a point in keeping this a secret anymore. And Mm -hmm. they want it to be known. They want to come clean. And they want their story known so that they can live on through someone else's memory. Because that is like the ultimate death is being completely forgotten. that, that yeah. means you are just 100% gone. So that was what the that's what the Palmer family thinks that she wants, that she wants her secrets to be out. And while that, you know, I, I think is partially true, I think the thing that they're not really thinking of is the fact that she did die so young. She died as a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. And she never really she never got to experience life fully. You know? Yeah. She like she is she had such a like unfinished life. And the life that she did have was so full of secrets and it was so full of shame. Um, because yeah, she like Ashley was saying, she um had an ongoing affair with the couple next door whose kids she would babysit. Um And we never really learned why she was doing it, whether or not, you know, she wanted to do anything. It it doesn't really matter because she's a child. (laughs) Right. Um, But, like, it's not really clear how that started. But really, she just wants – she wants to come back and be with her family. She wants to come back and be alive. So when they get their closure at the end, because they think, well, she showed us everything. She showed us what terrified her and – the, the big secret that she was keeping, they feel okay to leave the house. And as we find out at the end of the movie, she has not left the house. They they say they don't feel her there anymore, but she's still there.
1: God, yeah, that, that was the part that I, like, was bawling because um, they did a beautiful job of kind of juxtaposing the um, Ray, the psychic. He he's contacted by um, Alice six months before she dies. Yeah. And um, Alice gets in touch with Ray cause she hears him on the radio and she's been having these awful dreams and um, she's scared and she wants to know what, you know, he thinks. So she sets some time with him and he um, does this exercise with her where he has her close her eyes and walk through her house and talk about what she sees. And, um, And then Alice's mom, June, does the same thing only after Alice dies. And I thought this was so beautifully done. They do this, like, um, juxtaposition between those two going through the same exercise with Ray. And Mm -hmm. they see each other in the house. And um, it's just so sad at the very end because June doesn't see Alice.
0: Um, Yeah, because June does it twice. At, June first, does it twice. Sees, at first she sees Alice and Alice isn't doing it. She sees her in her head and Alice isn't moving. And then they go over to Alice and she says that she sees her, but she's not really doing anything. Like yeah. they both see each other, but neither is doing anything. And then, yeah. yeah and then the second time go on.
1: Yeah. And then, the, and it's just beautiful because, um, the first time that she sits, the first time June sits down with Ray and she's talking about walking through the house, Um, This just really hit me. She sees Alice's shoes sitting outside of her bedroom door. And he kind of asks her about the significance of that. And she says that Alice used to leave her shoes outside of her door um, when she would go into her bedroom. And I just thought that was so beautiful because it's so small, but it's like the type of thing that would really hit you after someone has died, right? Like these little things that they used to do. Um, these little behaviors or things that they used to leave around the house or these things that you just kind of fade into the background when when someone is there now, like, stick out to you and kind of stick out in your memory as something that they used to do. And it just hit me so hard. Uh, and that was yet another part. I started crying. Um, <laughs> and um, if you if you start digging into the like relationship between a parent and their child, um, I, I don't know what it is about that, but I just like, <laughs> I lose it. So, um, so this movie was like pretty thick with that. Right. So June. Um, so that's in her first session. And then like I was saying in her second session, towards the end of the film, um, her and Alice are seeing each other or Alice sees her walk into the room Mm -hmm. june doesn't see her there um so june leaves and they kind of put it on they lay it on top of the the scene of june kind of moving the last of the things out of this house and alice sees her but she doesn't see june doesn't see her and again there's that kind of disconnection theme coming back up again and it's just so sad because alice is being left right like Mm -hmm this is her family leaving the house and this is the last time she's going to see them. And she's like there and lonely and sad, which is something that she felt when she was alive. Right? Like she talks about it when, um, she, when, again, this is in Alice's same session with Ray. She talks about standing at the foot of her parents' bed and just looking at them and just feeling complete sadness because she just knew that they couldn't help her. Mm -hmm. Um, and that she was completely alone and it just broke her heart. And I think that that happens again, right? In, in death, it happens uh, to her again. So it doesn't end
0: happily. (laughs) Yeah. There's footage of her, of like, you know, ghost Alice standing by her, her parents' bed and she's just staring at them. And we already know that she had this like dream at some point, I think. Um, so we know what she's thinking and we uh-huh. know that she is just overwhelmed by sadness and she's frozen and she can't do anything and no one can help her um and in the end like i was saying the the family finds closure and they assume that the, she has found hers and i think it's because i think it's because they think that she's found closure that they don't see her anymore mm. and they don't feel her presence anymore but she's still there and they leave and and now she's just perhaps forever going to be trapped in this empty house that once had her family you know and that's yeah. her story is just so sad um and then the the other kicker of the movie is what the whole thing is leading up to which is what Alice is talking about when she says she feels like something bad is coming or that's mm-hmm. something bad will happen and that she feels like something bad has happened. So Alice drowns. That's how she dies. We see her body when they take it out of the lake. It's very, you know, graphic. It's very bloated and just very distorted um, and just gross. Uh, th- so the reason why the movie is called Lake Mungo <laughs> it doesn't take place <laughs> at Lake Mungo. Um, but uh Alice and her like school friends I think they go they describe it as like a school field trip but I didn't it just seems like it was like a trip that she and her friends took but it doesn't matter they go out to Lake Mungo um which I don't really know anything about but is not a lake it's just like a dry area it's like a desert
1: yeah it's like a dried up area yeah Mm
0: -hmm. um and they go out and they have since it's two thousand eight, they have very shitty cell phone footage of, which like, lends perfectly. It to does a lend perfectly. <laughs> like honestly, I mean this is part of why it couldn't be made now, is like the footage on her like iPhone would be way too good. Yeah. It, <laughs> it wouldn't be like, what is that spooky figure? It would be like, no, yeah. this isn't 4K. You can yeah. see all the <laughs> This is better than like my camera. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so there's like this really the way that we see the footage at Ling Mungo is through the cell phone footage um and there's a point where Alice kind of goes off on her own and she has it it shows the footage that she's like the you know the video that she's taking on her cell phone
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at some point she she's like kind of looking around at the landscape it kind of looks a little bit strange partially because it's so pixelated and also it's at night and it's just like you know it's like it's,
1: dunes it kind of looks like she's on like sand dunes almost but it's yeah not that it, i don't think
0: yeah it, it's kind of a odd place and then she stops and she she shows the path of ha- ahead of her and there's this figure lumbering towards her so scary and she doesn't say anything she doesn't really react and it just keeps on walking. It's a person who's walking towards her. Oh, and then, I just got
1: chills. Like, <laughs> right? this part is so scary, you guys. This, like, this is it's what scared not, me. It's
0: so scary. So the, the big, you know, twist is that the figure gets closer and closer to her. And then it eventually stops on, like, the the footage itself stops on the face of the thing. And it's it's Alice. It's Alice as, like, the bloated, you know. Corpse corpse yeah the waterlogged bloated body so it's alice's future literally coming for her and something bad has already happened in the future she has already drowned the mm-hmm. future is now coming to the past and it's going to catch up to her in the present so and this really obviously upsets alice like she runs away and she she buries the cell phone underneath a tree along with, uh, like, her bracelet, I think, Mm -hmm. and a a couple other things. And it's sort of, like, a ritualistic, like, I I don't know, maybe, like, if she buries it, you know, it won't happen, or it's just so cursed, you know? I think, yeah, so that's... I, so she buries it in a plastic
1: bag, which I think was really interesting because what that says to me is it's like Alice, once again, trying to make sure that she's not forgotten, right? Like she wants to, she caught this thing on camera. Um, She's going to put her most precious belongings in this bag, along with the footage of her death and say, I hope someone finds this, you know, or figures it out and comes and sees it. So she's like protecting these things from damage by putting them in a plastic bag Um,
0: but again, she,
1: she doesn't tell anybody, like she doesn't say anything to her friends. She's just obviously very upset, but she doesn't say why. Um, so again, Alice isn't able to reveal these secrets as a, as someone who's alive, but she wants to, she wants, she still wants that connection though in death. So she's going to make sure that people can find it and can watch it. And that's what happens is her family uncovers it and watches the the footage.
0: And the way that they figure out that she even did this is through her friend's cell phone footage where someone took a video of her burying the phone. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the footage, when Alice comes back, when she like is running back away from the, you know, her doppelganger, she looks really upset. So they know that something happened. And the fact that they need to find whatever it is that she buried out here. Mm -hmm. So that's when they they see the footage. Um, Right. And suddenly kind of everything clicks. Alice knew that she was going to die and that's such a just sad like what if you knew that you were going to die and everyone knows that they're going to die but it's not really real i, I don't think you know like yeah you don't think you don't think that you're going to die tomorrow <laughs> and right it's kind of a nebulous concept um for a lot of people yeah. i think it's but hard Alice, to wrap your mind around yeah but Alice literally, she knows she's going to die. And also, it's getting closer to her. So, if it's that close to her, it means it's going to happen soon. And
1: mm-hmm. it kind of
0: gave me like an It Follows vibe with mm. it coming towards her. And It Follows is another movie that actually scared me when I first watched it. Um, because <laughs> Such I used a good movie. to. It is a really good movie. But I used to have nightmares when I was little, like little, little. A basically like the plot of it follows mm.
1: <laughs> i don't know yeah. if you remember
0: those but i used to have i think dreams. i do i think i do yeah remember you tell. yeah no and that's that's why it scared me so much i used to have dreams that my family my mom dad and ashley like i, I remember it, i would like come out in like to like the garage and the garage door was like open and i think you guys were sitting in like lawn chairs or something yes and i like came out and you guys they all got up and started walking towards me, like kind of slowly, yeah. with like no expression. And I was I like, do What are you guys this. doing? And it, it got scarier and scarier because they weren't stopping and I didn't know what they were doing or I didn't know what you guys were doing. <laughs> and I would like hide, but I knew that no matter how far I ran or no matter where I, I hid, they yeah. would get to me. And that's the plot of it follows. <laughs> And also, kind of, Stephanie,
1: you invented it. Follows. I did
0: invent it. Follows, and I deserve the royalties.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember. I you had those dreams a lot. That was like a recurring nightmare of yours. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was really scary, and it, Mm -hmm. it was the the idea of knowing that something bad is coming, but and it being unstoppable. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it because I and can delay no it. there's, there's no explanation. There's no explanation. Yeah. And there's the only poss- possible thing I can do is delay it. I can't stop it. Yeah. So that's basically it follows and Lake Mungo where she knows that something is going to happen. hmm And that it's coming for her and there's nothing she can do to stop it. And that's such a heavy thing to put on anyone, but especially a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. Like...
1: Yeah. It's just, it's interesting because, you know, I I think it's one of those movies where you could pull out a lot of different lessons from it. Um, if that's the right word, like there's a lot of different things going on, right? It's like a, a child who feels very disconnected kind of from the world around her, whether or not that's because she's, you know, a teenager and and you kind of feel that way, but also there's more complexity to her in that, you know, she's going through something that she should not be going through, which is, you know, having a sexual relationship with two adults who are in positions of power over her, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, and there is, you know, this strained relationship with, with her mom, and maybe that's causing some some stress with her. There's all kinds of stuff going on with Alice. And um, but added on to that, she also knows that she's going to die, but she doesn't know how to t- she doesn't know what anyone can do to help her. So she just feels incredibly helpless. Um, and so it's kind of it's one of those films, it's like, you know, we're talking about you know, how, how it feels to know that you're going to pass away or, you know, the things that you go through w- when you're in your adolescence and you feel like no one understands you and you're going through heavy stuff. That's very real. Um, there's all kinds of things and it's an incredibly like relatable film, um, which it makes it incredibly heartbreaking. Like it's one of the most heartbreaking horror movies I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it really sticks um, with you. In the it end. does. It really does. Um, And I think for me as someone with uh, a whole bucket full of depression and anxiety (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole barrel full of it um, that this movie hits me and I would imagine people who have experienced depression and anxiety and or live with it every day I think it hits and an even harder way and maybe a little bit of a different way because even though the the dread that comes sort of the existential dread that comes with knowing that one day you are going to die one day we are all going to die it I think it more frequently and more like I don't know but like more like hardly <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. think of a word. Yeah. More hardly. More hardly. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> um, hits people with like anxiety and things like mm-hmm. that. The one of the hallmarks of having anxiety is you're not, it's it it feels impossible to live in the present. You're mm-hmm. always looking into the future because you're always expecting something bad to happen. There's always some there's always some monster lumbering towards you, you know, from down the road. You just don't know what it is. it's like Alice's doppelganger where you can't quite see it up until it's right up on you. And it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just this inevitability. Yeah. And I think that's something that that's why it kind of hits different for me because that's just, that's something that I live with every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. That and depression and also having, you know, lost people in my life. So having gone through the, breathing process um mm-hmm. because that's that's kind of what it's like to live <laughs> as a person with depression and, and anxiety um so it's it's sort of like if this is what life is like then what is death going to be like mm-hmm. it's just going to it's kind of going to be the same they're both going to They kind of just bleed into each other, which is sort of what's what a ghost is. A ghost is just sort of like a person bleeding back into the world of the living Mm -hmm. and not being able to move on. There's no like separation between life and death. So, yeah, I just, I, I, as someone who lives with these things, it's, it just hits very hard, I think. Cause that's what it feels like to live with that.
1: Absolutely. And just the, um, but not being able to show up really as yourself anywhere Um, because, you know, in the beginning of the film, she's described as being this very like happy go lucky kid and like very personable, very popular, very like, you know, everyone loves her, but she is, you know, you learn throughout the film that that's, she wasn't really probably showing up as her real self because um, she was actually going through quite a lot and didn't open up to that about, um, didn't open up about that to anybody. Mm -hmm. And through the interviews, you see that her friends are angry at her for it. Um, So her kind of worst fears are, are realized, right? Like, I mean, when you're that age too, you, I mean, human beings are just kind of naturally inclined to want social cohesion, right. But, um, especially when you're in high school though, I mean, I think high school is like a particularly like intense time for that. And you don't really know how to deal with things yet, unless you were, you know, brought up in a very (laughs) therapy, you know, uh, therapy centered household. (laughs) You don't really like, (laughs) which no one is, you don't really know how to, how to work through those emotions. And, um, you know you're dealing with like your own sexuality whatever that is you know kind of coming to the forefront for the first time in your life um or not dealing with it like me yeah (laughs) at that age (laughs) or just not knowing anything for years like me um but yeah no it's you know it's just like a all in all like everything hits around that time and all of a sudden you're dealing with this brain that is function that is trying to handle stuff it's never dealt with before um and then it's made worse for Alice by the fact that, like we said, you know, she's in an inappropriate relationship with adults. She None of the adults are really there for her. Um, like her, you don't really like know too much about her support system from her family other than her mom is a little bit distant from her and her brother and her are very close. So maybe she had some support there. But even he didn't really know all of the stuff that was going on and he didn't really know her at the level that you know yeah that she was actually at which was that she was suffering and she was dealing with some um depression and uh and anxiety brought on by what was going on Uh, by knowing
0: yeah what was going to happen so i think that's kind of um that's definitely not true across the board for people because some people really don't have support systems but um mm -hmm like depression kind of will do that to you where it will isolate you. Um even if you're not actually isolated and it's like, mm-hmm. well, no one knows what's going on with me. Therefore, I don't have anything but I could tell them and they would be there for me, but I just can't. Like I just I don't feel like I can for whatever reason. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's a, extremely isolating. Even if you have like the strongest support system in the world, that means nothing yeah in the face of depression because it makes you feel like you're completely alone despite also and not that Alice necessarily had depression but this is just the feel that I get from it I mean depression is one of like (laughs) the most common mental illnesses I think throughout the world but it makes you feel like the most alone in the world and like there's absolutely nothing anyone can do for you Mm-hmm. And granted, in Alice's situation, there kind of wasn't anything that anyone could have done for her as far as her death, you know, yeah. as far as that goes. People could have done something for her if they had known about the awful, you know, quote, relationship that was going on between her and the their neighbors. But by her nature, she didn't tell anyone. And so she was just she was alone. Both by like because no one could help her in some respects, and she was alone because that's kind of just who she was. She didn't tell anyone anything. And so she was like her own prisoner, which hits very hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, um, and that's, you know, when, when you're, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I know this is something I've heard elsewhere. When you're in a real, um, really intense, like depressive episode, it's, it almost feels impossible to reach out to other people. Because um, it just takes your takes your words right out of your mouth, right? Like there's, it's really hard to explain, I think, if you haven't gone through it, but it, um, but I think a lot of people can relate to this. It's just, it feels like you don't know how to ask for help. People say reach out and ask for help. Well, you don't really have the energy, number one, or the words, number two. I don't know what it is about depression, but it it just the best way I can describe it is it just takes the words right out of your mouth. Um, so I really felt that when you know she was talking about standing at the foot of her parents' bed and just being so incredibly sad because she knew that they couldn't help, and like Stephanie said, that's how it feels, and it like just you can't even ask. Like, at least I can't, like, I have a really hard time asking. And if you do ask, it's not necessarily in a very direct way. Like I think Alice's cries for help were doing things like the burying of her cell phone and her belongings in a plastic bag. It was like, um, it was hiding the tape, the, the, the tape that the, um, the neighbors had filmed, um, or had created, during one of their like you know they had um like sex i guess it's not sex it's rape but um you know one of those sessions statutory rape um she hid that um in her uh chim or not in her chimney in her fireplace in her bedroom so uh, hopefully it would be found but that maybe the neighbor wouldn't find it and then you find out later that the neighbor um the neighbors were trying to sneak back into the house to get that tape and they couldn't find it. And her mom eventually found it. And that's how she found out about this relationship. And I think that, so after after the parents found out about this tape, the neighbors, um, six months after Alice died, they um, sold their house and moved, right? Like, yeah, And you're they assuming, knew. Yeah. yeah. And so because they knew that eventually something was going to get caught, that tape was going to get, you know, something was going to get found out about their relationship. And you think, oh, okay, maybe this is when Alice is going to get some kind of, maybe there's going to be some kind of like retribution or closure or something, but uh, they interview the cop who was in charge of this case. And she was like, yeah, I mean, we thought that we had something for a while, but we just can't find them anymore. We don't know where they are. And the trail has gone cold. So even Mm -hmm. that Alice doesn't get any kind of closure on, you know, like Alice doesn't really get any kind of retribution at all. Um, And even when like Stephanie said, when her parents leave and her brother leave the house at the end of the movie, it's like, they think it's all good, but Alice is still there. So she doesn't really get what she's, what she's been fighting for.
0: Alice never gets anything (laughs) yeah no it's it
1: doesn't end it doesn't end very happy um and i thought stephanie you shared an article um in our doc here that i was reading that i thought was really interesting um i believe it was the yeah it was this one the lake mungo the lingering mystery behind one of australia's scariest films Mm -hmm. um and i thought that was really good that is on a website called Den of Geek. And um, the director and writer, Joel Anderson, doesn't have much in the way of projects. I think Lake Mungo was like his only feature film, and then he created Uh um, a short film.
0: A short called uh, Gravity, and then in parentheses with Paperclip, which is a riff on (laughs) the movie Gravity, except it's with... Clippy the paperclip from yeah Microsoft.
1: <laughs> I thought that it was like a very specific reference. And I thought that was really funny. But um, what was really interesting in that article was when they were it's towards the beginning when they're talking about his intention with the movie was to be very like mysterious and kind of have it be this mysterious film that people talk about its strange origins and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that no one um, would really know where it came from. And that right. It would- be kind of like a um ooh what's the what's the fancy word i'm trying to think of <laughs>
1: oh uh, i know what you're th- uh an enigma
0: yes an enigma like alice boom
1: got it Nailed oh it. yeah like alice yeah exactly um so he and the way they phrase it in the article is that he like has dropped off the face of the planet as far as film um is concerned like he hasn't done much since
0: yeah he he created this amazing movie Uh and then and then for some reason made gravity with paperclip um in 2013 (laughs) 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 Um, i love him for that That makes me love him more though i know i I didn't know that until i read this (laughs) and i was like that's good um but other than that yeah he's just like he's just done you know and it he succeeded he succeeded in it becoming an enigma like alice right
1: yeah and you know who it kind of reminds me of a little bit is the um um he's got several names but we have featured him on our short um our short films that we really love um he's a he's made a few short horror films and his name is, I'll find it for you here in just a second. His name is, um, Puro Pito, but. Oh, his, his YouTube alias is yeah. Nana, eight, two, five, seven, six, three. And he created a short film called my house walkthrough that, um, became very popular on YouTube. Um, it's fantastic. You should absolutely go check it out. Um, but he came out with something he had another spooky project right before that too and that was also kind of shrouded in mystery and strangeness I think it was called user 666 or something like that Um, yeah something like that and uh, you can just look him up and you'll find it but he's done those two really spooky projects and then he but his YouTube channel is most is mostly just him playing Minecraft (laughs) Which, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Joel Anderson a little bit, because it's like, incredible ability to make something terrifying, right? And then they just, they do like a really, they have like, you know, they're a person. Completely unrelated. Person.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> so they're, they're not allowed to stuff. be a whole person. <laughs> <laughs> we're not about personhood in Spooky <laughs>
1: no (laughs) you do one thing you sit there and make scary movies and then Um, we talk about it and that's the deal god damn it yeah (laughs) um so yeah so it kind of reminded me of that a little bit
0: (laughs) it's kind of like also when you watch a movie or a show or whatever and like you know one of the actors is like a good actor but then they also like sing in the movie and they're like a crazy good singer right yeah and it's like Dude, why the fuck aren't you also a musician? Sometimes mm-hmm. they are, but I I was just thinking of um Shits Creek because I've been watching a lot of Shits <laughs> Creek. Like a lot of Shits Creek. And have you how much of Shits Creek have you seen? I've
1: seen all of it except for the, I haven't watched the last season yet because um that's what I do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shows. No. I, I have a hard time watching the last of them.
0: <laughs> I've seen like a few episodes of the last season, and then I was like, I don't want to deal with the end. So I just yeah. rewatch it now over and over.
1: I've seen it all the way through a few times, um, yeah. except for the last season. So,
0: yeah. um, But like Patrick has like an incredible singing yeah. voice. Yeah. And he might, he actually might be like also a musician, but I'm like, dude. I think he is. Why aren't- I think he is. <laughs> aren't you like a famous musician you have the voice of an angel and i think about it every day of my life <laughs> and also Dude, i, I love you patrick so it's fucking crazy much.
1: people are so talented and um it's here we stupid. are we just put our thumbs up our butts no i'm just kidding um we're very talented and smart i mean that sounds like a good funny. friday night to me and i have not showered yet today but other than that i we did show together i don't know what we're talking about <laughs> I'm talking about how talented other people are and how they're able to switch between things so effortlessly. And like Joel, fantastic job. If you're listening, if you're out there, this is us burying our cell phone in the sand. We this is our podcast episode, (laughs) putting it in the sand, Joel, you're going to find it one day and you're going to say, wow, those those two at Spooky Town are awesome. And I love them is what Joel Anderson, the so, director and writer of Mungo, is going to say. Very interesting <laughs> prediction.
0: <laughs> Are we going to Australia to do this?
1: Uh, I mean, I yes. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, Let's go to Australia. Hope we don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Not to Lake Mungo, though. I hear bad things.
0: Um, oh, no. I just mean the general Australian like <laughs> wildlife, you know, and bug life. Yeah. That... Everything in Australia is designed to kill humans. So that's more of what I mean. A doppelganger, uh, like my, you know, ghostly doppelganger is the least of my worries. If I go to Australia, <laughs> <laughs> it's the spiders. It's the
1: spiders it's, that yeah. are the reason I'm not going um, out into the out into the wilds. You know, oh, what they're I mean? not like, just in the wilds. They're like, oh, I know. Everywhere. They're like
0: in houses. Those I watched. Um, I watched a video that someone uh-huh. took of like this person sitting in traffic and they took a video of like the back of someone's car and this enormous spider was on it and no. went in through like the cracks in their like no. like, like uh, trunk door, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that's it. <laughs> so who knows what happened to do that I person? What do you do in
1: that situation? <laughs> do you <laughs> warn them? How do
0: you warn somebody <laughs> about that? Honk and be like, <laughs> and then like I don't know, <laughs> try to mimic the way a spider is. Stephanie is, <laughs> is, <laughs> is foiling her arms in the air and trying to mimic a spider. I think in this in the trunk. I, yeah, I think that's the universal language for Australians. Trying to mimic a spider in the trunk.
1: Yeah, I uh, I've seen some videos of like the um, I'm not sure what they're called. I don't know if that's if that's what the huntsman spiders are or not Ugh, but there is a specific kind of spider in in Australia that's like the biggest brown spider I've ever seen in my life and it's not a tarantula.
0: I think it might be that it was enormous. But it was yeah. not a tarantula at all. I think
1: those are the, yeah, those are the, and they're really poisonous, I think. They're not just like, oh, Everything they okay.
0: Is... They just kill other bugs.
1: Like everyone likes to say to you when you're like, spiders terrified just of spiders.
0: like, to, the, the, spiders are good. They kill other bugs. Spiders are fucking bugs. So what? They're the, yeah, they, they're a
1: spawn of Satan.
0: And, and they kill other, er, I get I have it. so many problems. <laughs> I get their. I in get your general. point.
1: Like it's like I get you. I understand what you're saying to me.
0: I understand what you're saying what to me, I'm, but fuck off because. Yeah. But here's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, <laughs> this is devolved into something else entirely. <laughs> I <Go know>. on. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. Um. Yeah.
1: No. It's okay. Just for reference, we uh we grew up. Well, we we lived in um like a mountain town in California when we were in high school and middle school, and um. There was a lot of really big spiders out there. Nothing compared to Australia, but I think Stephanie and I spent like twenty to thirty minutes one day, um, trying to figure out, like, trying to, like, fighting over who was going to kill the spider on the wall in the hallway.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like, like one in the morning, and we didn't. Yeah. it was so big. It's like when something is that big, it almost transforms from bug to animal. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know even like what angle to come at for this thing. And I think we eventually yeah. got our dad up. We're like, Hey, can you <laughs> can do you, this? Yeah, do this nasty. Um. Yeah, that was. But bad. Yeah, uh,
1: that's like Mungo, buddy. <laughs> <Ready? laughs> um, it is such a good movie. Um, just highly, highly recommend it. Uh, to quote my mother when, well, don't listen to my mom, our mom, but. When I showed her this movie, I was so excited uh, to show it to her. I was like,
0: "I does does mom not like the movie?"
1: Um, mom said it was
0: boring. Well, you're boring, mom. (laughs) Mom, happy um, Happy Mother's Day.
1: (laughs) We are like we're ripping into our parents today. Our parents are fine people, um. So we're just giving them a hard time because they don't listen to this, anyways. So, but continue uh, the story of when you showed it to her. I, yeah, no, I show. I was like, mother, <laughs> this movie. Like, I uh, when I saw it, I was. I I think I texted her or something, and I was just like, what? This is amazing. This movie scared the shit out of me it was sad it was heartbreaking like i was there in it it was emotionally like distressful everything i want right in a horror movie and it was terrifying um while not having an overwhelming amount of effects
0: terrifying um only really having two effects and those effects were on the same body yeah on alice yeah yeah
1: just just absolutely like really scary like it will scare you um and so i really built it up for her maybe that was the problem so uh we watched it together when i like came to town um and she was like ah and I, <laughs> my heart you know when you show someone a movie that you love and they're just like <laughs> meh about it yes that's that's what that was like so my mom did not care for it that's fine whatever no not mad about it i um am- art well okay so how would you describe the movies that our mom likes though it's like
0: (laughs) i don't know Uh, i don't know she likes a very
1: specific kind she's very into like only she likes like the twist the twisty people ghost movies like that's she's very specific like it's like that what scares I, her and that's what she likes
0: it's like what i used to only think wh- what i used to think was like the only valid type of horror movie when i was younger right. which was like yeah like the grudge you know mm-hmm. which is scary but there's also other things outside of that that are scary also i when i you know became an adult i realized and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast that I realized that I don't need to be actively scared by the thing in order for it to be a good horror movie. Yeah. Because that's not what I love about horror. That's a thing that I like about horror. Yeah. But that's not a requirement anymore. And it was back then. hmm. To be honest, I think that was a little bit from mom.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's like, like, probably exactly where that came from.
0: Yeah. Which, you know. Is valid, I guess. I guess, whatever, whatever, mom. Um, yeah, Dad. (laughs) I'm 13, and you're stinky. (laughs) So you stink. Um, I'm not 13. Everyone, I don't want to go to bed. Um, flash forward to now, and that's all I ever want to do is go to bed. Um, I don't want to go to bed until it's actually time to go to bed, and I'm like, uh, no, pass. I wanna go to bed all day until it's time to go to
1: bed and then I'm like, oh I'm awake. And then I don't go to bed. Um
0: and then the morning comes and I have to (laughs) clock in to work at 7 30 and I'm like, I have never felt so tired in my entire life. (laughs) I will I will change my habits. (laughs) Today is lost. (laughs) Today is gone. I will go to sleep early. Tomorrow will be the day. I will be a responsible person, finally. I will fulfill my dreams and then you know I'm almost 30 years old and here we are so that's it (laughs) that's the story of my life Stephanie's turning the big 3-0 coming up Uh, up.
1: you're Um, you're turning the big 3-4 I straight up forgot how old I was for like a full five minutes today I had to
0: I forget how old I am all the time Like, after 25 or 26, I just, like, stopped keeping count. I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know. know." (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Yeah, who the fuck cares, you know? Life is
1: pointless. Who cares? I'm just kidding. Life is fine. Um, Thank you, (laughs) everybody.
0: (laughs) 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 We're ending on a really great note. Yeah. Uh,
1: So thanks for coming on down to spooky town which i always forget rhymes and i didn't mean to rhyme that but thank you for being here we think you're great um thank you 10 episodes in thank you christina absolutely christina you are it you're still the the star of our hearts christina you're the one
0: (laughs) we love you and that's (laughs) not weird to say but yeah we're 10 episodes in yay i know
1: so exciting here's to 10 million more episodes just like this yeah um totally thanks for coming along for the ride you guys are the best um and and we love you except you're not as good as christina but we've already made that clear
0: yeah no one's as good as christina no not at all all right Well, we'll see you in episode 11.
1: Bye.